I'm blessed. So, so blessed. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sister Jeannie has been here. They have been working on sets. They have uh, revamped, Brother Paul, uh, your castle. Uh, many years ago, Brother Paul was our children's pastor, and uh, he had built this amazing castle set. Didn't it, was that you? Didn't, didn't you build that? I think. I think so. I think so. Anyway, they've revamped it and redesigned, moved it. And, uh, anyway, so it's uh, getting used again. It's, it's going to be amazing. So get your kids. Hopefully, I told Jen, take some pictures so we can show it uh, next week. This is the love month. Everybody go, aww. We just had our Valentine's banquet Friday night, and what a wonderful time we had. Everybody looked so nice. It was denim and diamonds, and everybody was blinged out, and uh, oh my goodness, the food. Sister Shalaya did an amazing job on the food, and Jackie did amazing. Those cakes were so beautiful and delicious. Give her a hand, them a hand clap, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful time. We just talked about the love of God, and uh, it, was, it was a fun time, so uh, we missed you. Uh, if you weren't able to be there. But all this month, uh, we're talking about love. And uh, we're, we, we, we laid a foundation last week of everything we do. We do it out of a love for God um, with, with the right motive. Everybody say the right motive. We've got to do the, the right things for the right reason. And uh, we're talking today, we're continuing on love, and we're going to talk a little bit about loving others and loving our children and uh, uh, what all that means and just... Uh, our, my, my purpose and my desire is that you experience the overwhelming, lavish love of God. I think it was John that said it best in John chapter 3 verse 1 when he said, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Did you know that's what we are? That's what you are. You are a child of the Most High God. On your best day, you're a child of God. On your worst day, you're a child of God. You are a child of God, and you are loved. And He loves you with a, that, this word. I love the NIV. It used the word lavished. What does that mean? Extravagant. I know you ladies like that word. Extravagant. Ostentatious magnificence. That's a big one, isn't it? Ostentatious magnificence. It, 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 it's unrestrained abundance. How much does God love me? It is an unrestrained abundance. The love of God never ends. It's on your best day and your worst day, from the highest mountain to the lowest valley, the love of God never ends, and you can never be separated from it. He loves you. It's characterized by His bounteous giving. And He gave it the best when He gave His Son. For God so loved, He so lavished, He so abundantly, so magnificently loved us that He gave His most precious gift, Jesus. That, that's the God we serve. That, that, that's the God people are running from. That's the one they think, oh, he's just trying to ruin my fun. No, he loves you so much that he's trying to protect your life. He, he asks certain things of you so that he can pour his blessings and his favor upon you. But many are still running from love, but I declare we're going to run to his love. 
Amen? It's that love, that extravagant, magnificent, unrestrained, abundant, giving love. Amen? That we, we, we see in our mind. Can you, do you know what it's like? You remember as a child your parents being gone? Maybe just the day for work or on a trip or something. And, and, and they get home and you as a child would run to them and grab them around the leg when you were little. And as you grew around the waist and then around, because you love them. I mean, the, the, you see the love of a parent when they pick their kids up at daycare or at school. How excited they are to see them. That's our God. He loves us so much. Great is His love. He lavished His love upon us. And He called us children of God, even when we didn't deserve it. That's why He said that we've been adopted. You see, sin separated from God. But because of God's love, He sent His Son. And His Son brought His love. And His love adopted us back to the family to be children of God. Somebody say amen. Oh, that's the God. I mean, he, he took us. I mean, we were dirty. We were, we were without love. I mean, we were just street kids. Filthy. Without honor. Self-destructive. Rebellious. Rejecting and insulting the love of God. And yet God brought us into His very house. Showed us to the bathroom and cleaned us up and washed us up and changed our dirty rags. Amen. Into a robe. And then he said, everything that I have is yours. And then he gave us the king to the house, the key to the house. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. He adopted us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And his love reached out to us and brought us in and made us children of the Most High God. I didn't deserve it. I still don't deserve it. But we don't live in the world of deserve. We live in the world of favor. God has favor on me. He loves me. It's not by what I do. It's not my performance. It's His love. His grace. His mercy. So John... He declared it. And he said, is this this for real? Can this be real? And then he said at the end, that's what we are. I just want to tell you today, that's what you are. I just had heard that song multiple times this week, and I just said, I, I got you got to hear it. Because I need you to know that on your best day, you're a child of God. On your worst day, you're a child of God. God loves you, no matter your ups and downs. And as parents, that's the kind of love that we want to demonstrate to our children. You see, when you experience the love of God, when you've been unworthy, when you have failed, when you have sinned, when you have made mistakes, yet a God of mercy and love comes in and picks you up and cleans you up and sets you back on a right course, amen, it helps you then be able to give that kind of love. It's hard to give unconditional love when you've never accepted it, received it. It's hard to forgive when you've never been forgiven. It's hard to love when you haven't been loved. And we live in a world where so many people are hurt. Parent and child relationship is strained and we don't have a good uh, perception of an earthly father. But I want to tell you this morning, your heavenly father loves you. And as our, as parents, 
what we want to talk about a little bit today is how can we share this kind of love, this lavish love, this love that's been bestowed on us that we didn't deserve. How can we share that with our children? Let me ask you a question. This is going to be one of those that demands a response. As a parent, and I don't care if your children are, are small or grown, as a parent, just picture it. You're walking up to the street. You step out into the street. A truck is coming. It's about to hit your child. How many of you, as a parent, would push that child out of the way, even if it meant you getting hit by the truck? If, if you would, I want you to stand to your feet. Wow. Now, I, I, I didn't ask this question for the parents because that's what parents do. I asked this question and I asked you to respond for the children's sake. Children, look. Did you know your parent loved you so much that they're willing to sacrifice their life for you? You get so upset at them and mad when they don't let you do what you want to do and they don't love me. They're standing there today because they would sacrifice their life for you. They love you. Children, give your parents a hand. You may be seated. Now listen, I know there are days that you want to push them in front of the truck. That's, that's, that's a given. That's a given. But when it comes right down to it, you're going to protect that child with your life. Because that is love. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to just turn with me Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read verse 9 through 11. And uh, I just want to show you a couple of things this morning. But there, there, there was a heard of a preacher. Uh, he, he had no children. And uh, he preached a series entitled, Ten Commandments for Raising Children. Well, a few years later, he had a couple of kids of his own. He preached a new series called Five Suggestions for Rearing Children. His children became teenagers, and he preached another sermon called Good Luck on Parenthood. That's kind of how we feel. We think we know all about it. We, we got it. We got this. And then we, we get to live in it, and, you know, things come up, and we don't know what to do. And there are no perfect parents. Every parent makes mistakes. Every parent looks back and goes, wow, I could have handled that different. I could have had a better attitude. I could have you know, not done this or that. That's, we, we all know that. But we're striving to be the best we can be. So many parents are now they are frustrated when it comes to raising their kids and children are just uninterested, basically, in having a relationship with the parent. There's such a disconnect, such a disrespect, and I'm telling you, it's the age we're living in, and the Bible says in the last day, there will be children disobedient to parents. We're living in a world. New Jersey, just this week, 
restaurants are passing rules that if you have children 10 or under, you cannot eat in their restaurant. Why? Because children are so disrespectful. They're, they're, they're so obnoxious and loud and disobedient that they can't even take them out in public. Listen, I'm telling you, that's not the kid's fault. But we'll talk about that later. Right now, I'm just going to love on you a little bit. <laughs> but the, the people are frustrated because they, I mean, they, they don't know what to do, and you, you're trying to figure it out, and you get all these voices. And, but you know what I'm telling you something? We've got to stop listening to all the voices of the world, and we've got to get back to the Word of God. Amen? Because, listen, the, the, the Bible, it's, it's not just a, a book on how to. The Bible is a book that teaches how to have relationship with God and relationship with others, and that includes parenting. It is a book that shows you the good, the bad, the ugly. And from it, we learn from the good ones, and we learn from the bad ones. We just started a series. We just started looking at the life of Joseph. Jacob uh, was one of the ones that we can look at and we go, as a parent, I can't, I, I'm not going to do that. The Bible says Jacob loved Joseph more than all his brothers. And his brothers knew it and they hated him for it. And they couldn't speak a kind word to him. Parents, don't do that to your kids. Don't show favoritism. Don't, don't, listen, you might have a favorite, but don't show it. I can tell you right now, my son, Jacob, is my favorite son. And Haley is my favorite daughter. They're the only ones I have, but they're both my favorite. You learn to teach, we, we, we saw uh, Isaac and Rebecca. Was it Isaac and Rebecca? No, it wasn't. With Jacob and Esau. Yes, it was. Thank you. Hey, father had his favorite, mother had his favorite, and they pitted them against each other, and it made them hate each other. And they fought. Listen, as parents, we need to learn. Amen. We, we, we need to love our children equally, to treat them all. We need to give them time. We need to learn their, uh, what, what they like, their dislikes. We need to, I'm not saying you got to cook three meals to cater to them all, but I'm saying you, you need to do some things that each one of them like to make them feel special. You need to spend some time. Fathers, you need to spend some time with your children, with your daughters. Take them out on a date. The kids don't care if you work and work and how much money you make. All they know is you're not home to spend time with them. The son asked his father how much he made an hour. The father kind of figured it up and told him. The little boy went to his piggy bank and got his money and brought it to his daddy and said, would this buy an hour of your time? You see, it's children's heart. It's their desire. They don't know anything about what you do. They just know what you don't do. And that is that they want time with you. You can give them everything in the world. And they can still feel unloved because they want you. 
you to spend some quality time. So uh, we're, we're talking this morning uh, about parenting, and uh, we, we sometimes we think about it. We, we you, know, you read books, you read all this stuff, and I talk about it all the time about discipline, and that's all part of it. The Bible says, "Whom he loves, he corrects; he chastens." You need to correct your children, but it needs to be in love. And each child is different. You've got to find what worked for that child. But if we do everything we said earlier about motive, if everything you do is out of love, even when you discipline, they know you love them. They never feel abused. They never feel abandoned. They never feel unloved. And they know that within those bounds, uh, boundaries, every game has out of bounds. People do better with boundaries. And when you just let your kids do any old thing, any old time, and you have no boundaries, you have no rules, you have no guidelines, you, they don't thrive in that. So it, it's, we want to talk about loving, and it involves so much more. Paul writes uh, in his letter, in his prayer, he said, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It's NIV. Let me read it again. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. And this is my prayer. That your love, everybody say, my love, may abound. He said, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight that you may know, that you may be able to discern. We live in a world today where people just don't know how to discern anything. They're clueless. We need to discern what is the best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul prays for the, 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 the uh, uh, Christians there in, in Philippi. He said, I'm going to pray that you, have, that you practice this biblical kind of love and that you share that love. As parents, we need this kind of love for our children. And you just see, after I give you these points, if you agree. If you don't, do it your way. I'm just telling you, what I think, what the Bible says. First of all, Paul prays, he said that we would express an intelligent love. What in the world is an intelligent love? You see, from our text, it says intelligent love is doing what is best for others with a pure motive. When you raise your kids, you need to do what is best for them with a pure motive. Stop trying to live through your children. I know you had a desire to do great things and you didn't get to do it. But don't make them do something they're not good at it. Find what they're good at. Push them to greatness. It, having intelligent love is doing what is best for others with a pure motive. So we look at these two components. Best for others and pure in motive. Now if we apply this to loving our kids, intelligent love needs to have the children's best interest in mind and you need to have pure motive in your heart. 
for why you're doing it. Even when you correct your child. I always told you, I, I, I probably got more whippings than anybody. Didn't scar me. I wasn't damaged. It made me who I am today. And for every spanking I got, I got away with about ten things I didn't get caught for. That I needed one for. Believe me, I was a wild child. Partly because I was running from the call of God on my life. But mama, she beat the rebellion right out of me. Caught me dipping at Copenhagen. She beat the habit out of me before I even had one. But with every spanking I got, I got prayed over. I got loved on. I, I, I knew why it was. She gave me scripture of what I did and how I broke God's law and God's heart. And it was done right. Everything, our, our, our motives have got to be pure. Why are you correcting your child? Because you want what's best for them. Because you love them and because you're trying to bring out the greatness in them. You see, to express intelligent love, first of all, you've got to gather intelligence. You've got you, you to learn. How do you learn? The Bible, number one. Read your Bible. I already said it. You learn the good, the bad. You look at people's lives. You see the, the, what they did that didn't work and these that did work. And you look at how their kids turned out. You look at some of the priests. Their kids were crazy rebellious and they got punished for it other ones amen they, they, they were obedient he said, okay how, how did they parent what did they do and we learn from that intelligent love discerns what others need and what's best and it it discerns it with a pure heart we look at as we begin to gather intelligence it's, uh, it's okay to read books it, it's, it's okay to see things online it's okay but you know what make sure it lines up with the word of God because we're living in a day and age right now where they tell you, just let your kids do whatever they want to, and that's why restaurants are having to ban them. Because you can't let your kids do anything they want to. You can't let them touch hot stoves. You can't let them stick their finger in light sockets. You can't let them go play in the traffic. Why? Because you love them. They don't understand. They don't like... Uh, one word that parents don't use a lot anymore is No. And when they do use it, you see what happens. In Walmart, they're laying in the floor kicking and screaming, throwing a fit. I'm preaching better than y'all are amening. <laughs> I know it's hard. It's going to get better. Y'all just, just ready for the last Sunday of the month when I'm teaching on marriage. Y'all ready for sex Sunday? I know what y'all waiting on. That's the fun Sunday. But today we're talking about loving our kids. Huh? We'll talk about how they got here later. But now that they're here, I'm trying to teach you how to, how to love them. We got to... Listen, we're, we're all broken people. We've all had bad experiences, haven't we? And so what happens, we all have had negative experience in our past, and it shapes our, our, our present motives. You, you, you get hurt by people and done wrong by people, and pretty soon everything you do is kind of skewed. It's kind of selfish. It's kind of, we look at ourselves, and it's because of our past experiences. But we cannot allow that. Our insecurities uh, can help but make us be overprotective parents. Our perfect. 
perfectionist, I can kind of be that sometimes. If we're not careful, we, we, we become over-controlling and over-indulging uh, tendencies as a parent. First of all, uh, we, we can do all these things and we can do them wrong. These things, because of our past, because growing up with maybe too many luxuries or, or maybe growing up with not enough, can make us make wrong decisions when we're raising our children. So let, let me give you a couple of things if you're, if you're taking notes. Uh, I pretty much... This is the only thing you need to write down today, okay? Anything else, hopefully you'll remember. If not, go back and listen to it. But if you're writing anything down, taking notes in your phone or whatever, there's a few things you need to write down here. Here's a few ways. Uh, I, if you want to overcome being overprotective, over-controlling, over-indulging as a parent, first of all, uh, you need to move from protecting to preparing. There's a big difference. There's a lot of parents who protect their children from every little thing. Let your children eat dirt. <laughs> Let them play in the mud. Let them get dirty. Why? It helps their immune system. We have a bunch of the sickliest kids. Why? Because parents don't let them get dirty. You've overprotected them, and in overprotecting them, you've made them sickly and weak. Now, don't let them be filthy. Give them a bath when they come in. But let kids be kids. We've got to go from being overprotective to preparing them to learn how to fend for themselves. You cannot be with your child 24 hours a day. You cannot protect them from everything. You need to teach them and prepare them to live in this world. Now, there's some things you can do. Being overprotective doesn't mean that you can't be smart. Huh? Your kids have phones? You need to have some blocks on those phones. They shouldn't be able to go and just Google anything they want to. You need to protect them from the evils that are out there, and you need to put some restrictions. I mean, our kids, even when they were teenagers, teenagers, when it was bedtime, their phones came in our room and plugged up on the charger. They didn't have their phone all night. We made them go to bed. Oh, such terrible parents. You've got to prepare them. And you've got to prepare them and let them go gradually. Here's what happens with kids. Here's why kids go crazy. Because parents are overprotective their entire life. They don't ever let them do anything. And then they go off to college and they go bananas. I went to a Christian college. I went to a Bible college. And all around me, kids were getting kicked out. Coming in drunk. Having sex in the back of cars. Doing all kinds of stuff. They were so... They just go nuts. Because they'd never been out from under that... that, that protection, or not protection, but the overbearing. It's one thing. You've got to allow your kids to grow up, and you've got to prepare them for a big, ugly world we live in. But I know that's hard, isn't it? Because we don't want to see our children hurt. But we've got to 
move from overprotecting to preparation. Second, whenever possible, we've got to move from controlling to compromising to coaching. What does that mean? Controlling says you don't get a vote. When kids are little, you do it because I said so. Your kids need to learn. My kids knew my snap. Can't snap very loud now. They were acting up. They were fussing. They were fighting. I'd snap because they know the next time we're getting out the switch. We're getting the bell. They ain't mom. Mama was way more disciplinary than me. I think that was her. She was raised by school teachers, and she's a school teacher, and man, she she believes in discipline. She was getting on to Jake at one time, and I mean, he was, Haley was easy. We didn't have to do too much with her. But but Jacob, he was he was a little tougher. Boys are that way sometimes, not all the time. But I remember Amy was trying to make him do something. He was so stubborn. And I can remember her to this day saying, My will is stronger than your will. And she stayed there and she spanked him over and over and over. And every time I can remember her going shopping when he was little, put him in the shopping cart, and he'd bow up. She'd take him out, take him to the car, spank him, come back, set him in the in the buggy, she'd take him back out. That's hard on a parent. But guess what? It wasn't long. She could shop, and he'd sit right there in that buggy and play with his toys. She said, my will is stronger than your will. And she won that battle. Parents, if you start, pick your battles. Don't let everything be a battle. You don't have to say no to everything. Pick your battle. But once you pick it, win it. Otherwise, you teach your children. Mama says no. I throw a fit. Then mama says yes. So what are they going to do? Throw a fit. You taught them that. I'm going to count. You can disobey me three times after that. No, 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 no. You need to teach them you obey on the first time. Because they're going running out into the street. Stop. That's one. Stop. That's two. Stop. Your kids need to know when you say stop, it means stop. But you know what? That starts when they're tiny. You don't, you, know, you don't wait till they're too old. That's not even in the notes. Let me get off that. So we, we move from controlling to compromise. Controlling says you don't get a vote. When they're little, it's, it's your way. You're the parent. You have the guidelines. You, that, they don't get a vote where they go to school. They go to school. And they shouldn't get a vote if they come to church. Huh? No, 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 no. We're, we go to, we're going to church. And you're going to church. There's no vote. But as kids get older and their mind is developing, and then they begin to, but, but why? Now then, you've got to move from controlling to compromise. Compromise says we both get a vote. We can talk about this. We can decide, okay, why, why do you want to do that? Is, is, is that a good thing? Do, do I not want you to do that just because I don't want you to do it? Or is there a reason? And then sometimes you'll find out that their reason to do it is better than your reason not to do it. So you let them. 
If you find out your reason is better than their reason, they don't get to do it. But at least they understand why. Then you move from compromising to coaching. That's where we're at right now with our kids. They're both grown. They're married. They're expecting children of their own. Now we don't get a vote. If they ask us advice, we can give our advice, but I no longer tell them what to do, how to do it. I already taught you that. I raised you. Now you're making your own decisions. If you make the wrong one, you're going to pay for it. I'm going to be there to help you, but I have to step back, and now, now uh, it's no longer controlling. It's no longer compromise. Now I'm a coach. And see, now I'm preaching on how to be a grandparent, but I'm don't have them yet they're on the way I'm gonna have to wait a few years I'll come back and then we'll cover that subject because I might change my mind (laughs) whenever possible we need to move from indulging to moderation to sharing to earning what does that mean let me say that again as a parent Now you've got to move from indulging to moderation to sharing to earning. Indulging is okay once in a while, but you do not need to give your kids every single thing they want. And remember this, you don't spoil kids with things, you spoil kids with lack of discipline. There are kids who have a lot, yet they're respectful, and there's kids who have nothing that are very spoiled and disrespectful. It's... it's, has nothing to do but you need to learn you can't give them everything they want because in life you don't get everything you want you're going you're gonna to teach them that and what's going to happen they're going to go out on their own and all of a sudden now I want that I want that I want that I want that and what do they do they put it on credit card credit card credit card pretty soon they're in debt to their eyeballs and the number one cause of divorce is finance so we, we begin to move from indulging to moderation to sharing, to earning. What does that mean? Moderation teaches self-control. We need to teach our kids that, okay, now if you want something, let's save your money. Let's put some money back. Let's begin to make them use their own. I I see this all the time with Pastor Marcello and and Sister Doris. They've done an amazing job raising their children, and and it's been quality time. Pastor takes his daughters out, and, uh, I mean, he opens the door for them. He's taught them how that guys should treat them, and they know when they get anything less than that, kick that boy to the curb. But I I see that with Nathan. Nathan sometimes, Nathan, he likes stuff. He likes all kind of stuff. And I've seen it lots of times. He's won something talk about it and they wait and he, he, he earns money and he saves his money and he, he'll have a birthday or Christmas get some money and then pastor will take him shopping and let, his, let him use his own money to buy it and it teaches you the value of what stuff costs and don't just give them everything indulgence is okay sometimes but moderation, moderation teaches self control sharing teaches generosity y'all should try this come Christmas time because I, I don't know about you, but my kids had too many toys. They did. And we bought them a lot of stuff, and, and they enjoyed it. And, but, you know, but Miss Amy's good at giving stuff away. Her, her, her mom just passed away here a few months or so ago, and 
Uh, we've been having to go through her house and get all of her stuff. And through that, it's taught me a lesson. <laughs> oh, what it's taught me is that when I die, my kids are going to be sad. Because we got a lot of junk. Luckily, her parents were very organized, and they had things right and toast, but it's still been a lot of work going through that. And I've got trailers full, garages full, but she's been going through our house, getting rid of all of our good stuff. I'm like, not that. Don't give that away. Don't get. She said, yeah. She said, but that means nothing to me, but this of my mama's does, so I'm going to replace this that I bought at Walmart for this that means something to me. So now i got a garage full of good stuff that she's going to give away. But she, she does that. She, she, she loves purses, she loves shoes, and she buys a lot of them, but she constantly gives them away also. you got to teach your kids to share. Back to Christmas. Maybe teach them that when it's Christmas time, you're going to get some new things, some new toys. Why don't we go through your old toys that you don't use anymore, that you've grown out of, and why don't we give that to another child? Why don't we donate that to somebody? Let them give it to somebody. Teach them. We've got to uh, teach them not just about getting stuff, but giving stuff. Sharing teaches generosity, and earning teaches responsibility. When they get to a certain age, they need to, it's okay to have an allowance, but you know what? They need to do something for it. Make a bed. Take out the trash. Do something that they can do. I've told you forever, Jacob, he loved to mow. And he was two, three years old. I'd put him between the mower. I'd hold on this side. He'd hold in the middle. And we would mow. And he would walk. And he turned four and five and six. And one day, I let go, and he kept pushing. And that was his job from then on. And he can mow a straight line, too. Taught Haley to mow the field on the John Deere tractor. That was her job for years. Listen, just because you're a girl don't mean you can't do anything a boy can. Come on, you can mow. You can weed eat. You can blow. You can clean. You can cook. Boys, you can clean house and clean toilets and wash dishes. There ain't no man job, girl job. Listen, it's just called life. You get married. It's, it's, you got to work together. And how do, you, how do you teach that? You start when they're little. Amen? Woo, I'm running out of time. Here we go. Y'all got, got all that? But listen, don't let your negative experiences from your past control your motives on how you love kids. Because here's what happens. Oh, my, 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 my dad was too strict. He made me do everything. So I'm not going to make my kids do nothing. That's the wrong attitude. Or my, my, they, my parents didn't make me do nothing. So I'm going to make them do everything. No, you can't. Listen, you've got to have moderation. We learn from our past experiences, we don't, but we don't let it uh, cloud our vision. Uh, the last thing. Paul said, Secondly, he said that we would experience, first of all, an intelligent love. A love that design, that looks at a child and goes, this is what they like. This child is good at music. Okay, let's pursue band. This child is good at sports. Let's pursue that. But you've got kids out there that they, they don't have a clue. Parents are pushing them. Find what they're good at. That scripture, I don't have time to jump in that, but listen to me say this. The scripture, 
Train up a child in the way they should go. That connotation has to do with a tree that's planted beside water. This tree, this certain particular tree, will bend all the way toward the water. It's pliable. But if you try to bend it the other way, it'll snap. Learn your child's bend and then push them to greatness in it. But it's hard to, you, to find that. You try different things. And, and we never, we, we started something in the middle. I don't want to do this. Well, you're going to finish this season because we signed up for it. Your other people are counting on you. And after that, after it, if you want to try something else, we will. But don't just let kids start and stop and quit because that teaches them the wrong thing. And then in life, they get on a job. And we have good days and bad days. Even on your best job, you have bad days and want to quit. But when you teach your kids to stick it out when times are tough, they won't just quit on everything. And that's where we're at today. In marriage, it just gets a little tough and, well, they quit. Paul says that we, we, we would not only have that lavish love, that we would have an intelligent love, but that we would experience an intervening God. Listen, some things just need God to intervene. I know some of you are dealing with situations and things you've done, what you can do as a parent, and there's times that then you have to turn your children over to God. You put them in the Lord's hands, and you've got to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, and let God take over. Amen? Because... I've seen God's intervention so many times. I've seen things that seemed hopeless. But remember, all things are possible to them who believe. Amen? So to, well, we, we've got to remember that, that, first of all, Jesus died on the cross for us. He forgave us a huge debt. So listen, forgive your kids. They're kids. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do dumb stuff. And it's hard. My kids made mistakes. I had to, I, I, one, one time, I had to ground Jacob from his car for uh, like a month. And you know who that was harder on? me, Amy, well, to take him to school, pick him up, take him here, take him there, but he had to learn a lesson, he had made a mistake, we loved him, but we still disciplined him, but discipline's hard on the parent, but you, 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 you intervene where you can, but then you have to say, okay, Lord, I've taught him what I can teach him, and now I'm going to let you work them out. You forgave me, I'm going to forgive them. You love me, I'm going to love them. You picked me up when I was down, I'm going to pick them up when you, you teach me lessons through life. Lord, I've taught them lessons. It's, it, it, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to love your kids when they're misbehaving. When they're throwing a fit. When they're acting ugly. When they're living in rebellion. It's hard. But you know what? That's when we come back to God and say, Lord, show me how. Teach me how. Every night of our children's lives, before they went to sleep, we prayed over them. Every night before we go to sleep, we still pray over our children. And now, we've added, and our grandchildren. I pray that they're developing perfectly within those mother's wombs. I'm already declaring, I mean, what God's going to do. What, Lord, you do your, your will with them. Use them. What, what are they going to do? I don't know. But I'm already beginning to pray for them. Never stop praying for your kids. Amen? And we got to remember, the Bible says that he loved... Why, why do we love God? Because he first loved us. you you got you to love your kids before they love you. They'll come around. 
They don't like discipline. They don't like tough love. They don't like, but you know what? You just keep loving them. You keep giving them those boundaries. You keep doing it. And I promise you, one day, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. But there may be a, a little season in there that they depart and can say, well, I, I do what I want to. Well, you don't really get to do what you want to. And there's consequences. Amen? How, how, how do we experience God's intervention? By requesting that we need His help by asking daily. I mean, every night praying and, and every day lifting your kids up. I mean, you, you, every kid they have they have special needs during different seasons of their lives, different times, different seasons, different responsibilities, different prayers. But can I tell you this? Don't push your kids to grow up too fast. Isn't it amazing? When they're little, I can't wait till they eat on their own. Can't wait till they can dress themselves. I can't wait till they can drive. I can't wait till. They, and I'm telling you, you'll turn around and they'll be married and out of the house, and you don't get to see them very much. It happens quicker than you think. God loves our children more than we do, and our love from our children should move uh, the, the heart of God. We want. Listen, you're not going to always have your kids. They're going to go off to college. They're going to live their own life. They're going to get married. And one day, we're going to pass away. But you know what? If you've taught your child, if you've gone from overprotection to preparing, you've prepared them to live life without you. That is a, a successful parent that teaches a kid to live successfully without their help. That's what you want to do. You want to train your child to leave home. You want them to leave. Can I sing you a song? I got one yes. The rest of you have like, please don't. <laughs> this is a brand new song. I just wrote it. You've probably never heard it before. Jesus loves the little children All the children of the world Red and yellow, black and white They are precious in His sight Jesus loves the little children You ever heard that song? Didn't you learn that in children's church? Your mama sing it to you? You know what, today? It's a reality Jesus loves the children. But how did we start out this message? Who's a child of God? I am. That means Jesus loves you. And He loves your children. And He wants you to be motivated by love and all you do for them. And show them by example. Because that's what God did. God said, I'll show you how to, what to do with your children. And He gave them. You know what happened when he gave his son? He reaped a family. When you give your children over to God, you put them in his hands, you taught them what you can, and then you pray for his intervention, what happens is you're going to get way back more than you ever gave. Maybe you're having a tough time right now. Hold on. Ask for God's intervention. Maybe you're like Gage and Nicole with all these little ones. They're in the process. It's not always easy. It's tough. Get tired, weary. You know what? But it's worth it. It's worth it. And so you, you, you learn and... Um, amen. I'm going to stop there. I love you.
the only reason I, I motivate and encourage you to do this is because I, I want us to raise a new generation. Miss Jeannie's doing a fantastic job up there in kids' church. Pastor Elias and Pastor Christy do an amazing job with our teenagers. But I'm telling you, once a week for an hour and a half is not enough. They've got to have it from you consistently. Teaching them the Word of God, the principles of God, and they need to see it by example. We don't tell them to come to church. Take them to church. Don't tell them to come to the altar to worship. Show them. Don't tell them to give. Show them. Teach them by example. Father, today, thank you. Thank you for our wonderful people. Thank you, Lord, for their gifts and talents and ability. And I thank you today. If we don't get nothing else, let us get this. I am a child of God. On my best day and on my worst day. And you love me. And I'm going to love my children on their best day and on their worst day. Lord, I'm going to be an example to them. I'm going to love them in word and deed. I'm going to discipline them when they're wrong, correct them when they're wrong. I'm going to teach them. But Lord, help me to not be over-controlled. Help me to be to prepare them for their future, to be independent. Help me not to overindulge them. But Lord, let me teach them responsibility and to share and to earn. Lord, let me be well-rounded as a parent. And I'm asking today for your divine intervention. When our job now is just as coach, we have to stand back and watch. Lord, I put them in your hands and I ask you to lead and guide and direct them. And now as my children are about to become parents, help them raise their children the best way they can. It's just a constant reoccurrence. It just has happened from the beginning and it's going to continue to the end. So this is our time, our season. Help us be the best that we can be. Help us to love the best that we can love. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're here today and you say, Pastor, it seems like all of my days lately have been my worst day. I don't really know or haven't experienced that unfathomable, that unimaginable, that magnificent, that unconditional love of God. I've had some bad experiences in my life, hurt maybe by people and maybe even by parents, family. But today I want to experience that lavish, amazing love of a father that gave his only son to die in my place so that I can have eternal life. If I were to die today, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven but today I want to know that. Today I want to experience forgiveness of my sins. Today I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you're watching me online right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're in this building and you say, Pastor, I need to give my heart to Jesus. Pastor, I need to rededicate my life. Pastor, as a parent, I, I, I need to experience that love again so that I can give that love. Would you pray with me just from the sincerity of your heart? Everyone say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you 
that you loved me so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I confess today that I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But today, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. That He died and rose again. And He's coming again. And Your Word says that if I would confess that and believe it in my heart, that I would be saved. So right now, I confess I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven of all of my sins. My past is forgiven. I'm saved. I'm healed and delivered from all my addictions. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that. Father, I just... Thank you for these that have made this confession of faith. I pray right now, Lord, you know the sincerity of their heart. And Lord, you've heard their prayer, you've heard their words. And I thank you today as they've confessed you as Lord and Savior. That you would supernaturally, right now as we sang earlier, apply that precious blood. And wash away all of their sins. Make them white as snow. Father, let them get up from this place knowing that they're a child of God. And they're going to go out and they're going to live like it. They're going to teach their children. Father, give every parent, Father, a new lease, a new love, a new desire. Father, new passion, new abilities, new patience. Father, to do the things you've called them to do. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap of praise this morning.